0: You're listening to audio from Planker Harvest Church, located in Crossville, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about our church and its various ministries, please visit our website at www.plankerharvest.org. Good
1: morning, everybody. Uh, I'm uh, just so happy to be here. I I love coming to church, and I love coming to church with my family here. You guys are good. You guys are... uh, You're so loving to each other, and it's just good to be here. Uh, I spoke to Dale a couple of... Well, it's been a while, but I spoke to Dale about uh, something. He asked me, what should I preach on? This has been a couple months ago, and I said, hey, you need to do the Beatitudes. So he said, go ahead. (laughs) 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 So I'm going to do the Beatitudes, and... uh, I've got a few pages, like 15, 16 of them, so three or four o'clock this afternoon. Hey, I can do it before two so we can go to the baptism. Okay. But uh, to me, the Beatitudes are very interesting because I had when I first read them, I I was a a 13, 14-year-old boy, and I thought they were very interesting. Uh, They were very confusing. Uh, They were sort of soothing. And uh, I was sort of filled with hope and dread. And and so the more I studied them, the more confused I sort of became. And uh, so these last couple of weeks, I've really been digging into them, and they're starting to make sense now. And I just want, let's just pray real quickly. Lord, I, I pray that these words that I'm going to use are your words and that you uh, fill our minds with your word and change our hearts, Lord. I pray, Father, for everything that will be done and said in this church today, Lord, because we're doing it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, as I was looking through this, I was thinking to myself, I'm sure everybody's thought it, how can you be blessed when you're poor in spirit, when you're mourning, when you're uh when you're meek cuz we, we don't want to be meek. Uh when we're hungry and when we're thirsty, uh I'm not very merciful. So I was I was just a little confused and uh so a word came to my mind and the word was an oxymoron. And an oxymoron comes from the Greek and it, it and it means it's pointedly foolish and you know the oxymoron that people use all the time is uh, uh jumbo shrimp you know it's that's an oxymoron cuz you can't have both but you can you can. so it's a, it's a little bit it's a little bit confusing uh so this is this is what i have uh and uh, i looked up the word bless, or beatitude and these are the definitions for the word beatitude: supreme blessedness or bliss, grace, ecstasy, supreme happiness, and the last one that I saw there uh, sort of hit hit home. It said heavenly joy. This one stood out. Okay, this one stood out because uh, Jesus is trying to tell us that in these circumstances, there's still heavenly joy. So. Real quickly, I'm going to start reading uh, Matthew 5, Ma- Matthew 5, 3 through 12. And these are the Beatitudes. My, my version might be a little bit different than yours, but we can understand. It said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is a the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5. Verse 4 said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the sons of god blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are you people are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me rejoice and be glad because great is your reward and here's the key word here in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before them. So I just sort of gave away the whole punchline there or the whole message. Although we are being persecuted and everything else here on earth, this isn't our home because our home is in heaven where our reward awaits us. So when I started the, the, the study here, why are we so blessed is the obvious question. And because it says, blessed are the poor in spirit. And the more I thought about it, uh, I realized that the poor in spirit are the people who are lost, who don't know Jesus as their Savior, and they have no hope in the world. Uh, they are poor in spirit. They have nothing to look forward to except death. And uh, death's not very comforting to, to people. Uh, Those who are overwhelmed with with sin and the world are unsaved. I feel unworthy, ashamed of the present and the past, but Jesus saves us. The enemy is especially relentless to the the saved. He's always, always got something to tempt us with, always some trouble that uh, he's going to bring into our life. I was, uh, I was thinking the other day, and uh, I saw something. But as I was praying, I, pr- I prayed, Lord, keep me, keep me uh, away from sin. Stop me from sinning. And guess what happens? I got more temptation, you know. And then a couple of days later, uh, there was something that somebody posted. And he said, when you ask God for patience, he gives you more troubles. When you ask God for peace, he gives you more problems. And that way you learn to get that peace by depending on God alone. We we've talked about spiritual warfare before in Ephesians 6. And we're not wrestling. I, I, if I wrestled against Dale, I might have a chance if I cheated. But I have no chance if I wrestle against uh, the, the devil. I have no chance. I have no chance. So the only the only way I can overcome the evil that's all around us is by depending on God completely. Uh, So how do we battle with guilt and temptation and sin and all these things that are bringing us down constantly? Uh, And I I, I wrote a couple of things down here. Gather with believers. We lift each other up. Uh, Pray for the Holy Spirit to give us uh, peace and guidance and everything else. Prayer, fasting, not my favorite one uh, at all there, fasting. You think about it, Jesus did it for 40 days. He fasted for 40 days, and then what came after the 40 days? Temptation, right? The devil was smart. He waited. He said, once he is weak, then I hit him. It didn't work, but Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And after he was baptized, it said the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness, So he was ready because the Holy Spirit was with him, and we have that same Holy Spirit available to us. Uh, So in 1 John 4, it tells us that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we can can fix this by being completely, completely uh, dependent on God and doing the things that God asks us to, to do. In James 4.8, it says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So that's what we got to do. And then it says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So James keeps going on a little bit further, you know, because we need to wash these, these hands from the sin that we're part of every day. Uh, sin will ultimately lead to death. The Holy Spirit draws us to Jesus, which ultimately leads to life. Uh, if if you're not close to Jesus or familiar with Jesus or familiar with the gospel uh, and all you're doing is living for the world, and I'm not saying that everybody that's living for the world is a terrible person because there's good people out there, but they're dissatisfied. It's never enough. You know, you ask somebody uh, rich, how much money do you need? Just a little bit more, just a little bit more. You know, this, this guy just died, uh, something Perry. He was a real famous guy. He was on a TV show in the 90s. Luke Perry? F- Luke Perry? Matthew. Matthew, Perry. Matthew Perry. Well, anyway, a Perry guy. He, he just died, right? And, and I was talking to my wife yesterday. I go, this guy had everything. He had fame. He had uh, money. He, and, and somehow he needed to turn to drugs. Because uh, according to him, he was on drugs the whole time he was on that show. And he never, never, never was able to uh, break away from those drugs. But he had it all. And we think, well, if, if, if I had this or if I had that, I would be all right well uh, but that's not true some of us uh are old enough to remember the 60s and the 70s uh, and back then the the deal was drugs sex and rock and roll that that's going to be that's going to be what you need but that that ends in tragedy how many uh famous uh actors actors and uh singers and everything from that time frame ended up getting uh Overdosed, uh, overdosed overdose on drugs. Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, and uh, the the Elvis, the guy from the Doors. I can't remember his name. These guys had it all, and and what happens? They're dead. They're dead, They're, and they worse. They probably died in their sins. So, being poured in spirit, being broken by the conditions of the world, it does something good it draws us to God. And that's when the blessings come, right? When we finally reject the, the, the sin of the world and, and come broken to Jesus, he's not going to reject us. The poor spirit ultimately leads to joy in Jesus. Uh, in, uh, in, in Isaiah 55, it says, As the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts i'm sure we all could tell god how we want him to fix the world and how we think things should be but his ways are much better than our ways and you know uh god says our way our things our our, our wisdom is foolishness and i really like this uh uh, in 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 27, uh, Paul speaks of the foolishness of man. Uh, he said, "God's God made the wisdom of the world foolish. You think about the what the world thinks is smart, right? Women can be men, and men can be women. Uh, fetuses are not human. That's what the world tells you. In verse 21, it says... Uh, Preaching is foolishness, but what is, how did Jesus uh, reach the world? Just by preaching, by, and then he commissioned 12 guys, and then Paul, and then the whole world was turned around by the foolishness of preaching. In uh, verse 23, uh, the crucifixion is foolishness. They, they said, there's no way that guy lived. There's no way. Uh, Some people have come up with a swoon theory. Some people have said, all the women were so distraught that they they went to the wrong tomb. And so they found it empty. And others said that the body was stolen by the apostles. Well, if you read the Gospels, the Gospel tells us that uh, there was Roman soldiers there. And uh, these guys were not nice guys, you know. These guys weren't like the security guards at a concert or something. These were killers. And you're, they're telling people that these killers were overwhelmed by these apostles who a day before had been running around uh, scared to death. It's not happening. The, the only answer is Jesus rose from the dead. And that's, that's what we're happy about. That's why we're blessed, right? And it says God chose the foolish, the weak, the lowly, and the despised to change the world. Uh, in 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 uh in the old testament, Moses is told to circumcise everybody on the all the children on the eighth day. Well, there's been studies and, and they try to figure out wh- why the eighth day? Why not the second day? Why not the third? Well, it turns turns out that on the eighth day, the little boys have the highest concentration of potassium in their body. So when the circumcision occurs, they don't bleed to death. The bleeding stops right away. And then uh, if you think about all the disease that we have, uh, many of it could probably be taken care of if our diet was a little bit better. So what did God do for the Jews? He gave them a kosher diet, right? That was the wisdom of God. And what was what was the wisdom of the world? Eat, drink, and be merry. You know? Uh, so Jesus is our righteousness, our holiness, and he is our redemption. It's not nothing that I do. It's just Jesus, what he does. Uh, in uh, Matthew Henry, it said, The kingdom of heaven is redeemed, is a redeemed community of the righteous who practice sacrificial love for the welfare and honor of the father. That's, that's really nice. And that's the, that's the church that I feel like we are. And you guys have been so good to me. I know I say that all the time, but I really mean it. Uh, If we turn to, uh, the the next one is, uh, blessed are those who mourn. And for this, I want to turn to uh, Isaiah 61, 1 1 through 3. Isaiah 61, 1, 1 through 3. And... This is what Jesus says when he first starts his ministry. He goes to his uh, home church and he, he reads this and then he tells them, it's this is it, it's happening right now. Next thing you know, what are they trying to do? They're trying to stone him, throw him off the cliff, and they think he's crazy. All right, uh, Isaiah 61 1 through 3, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives we're all captives to sin and to release from from darkness and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our god he jesus doesn't read this because he didn't come to to uh, avenge, that comes later, and to comfort all who mourn. So he's here. He came to comfort all who mourn. And we've all mourned many things, you know. Uh, Some of the things, as I get a little bit older, I I might mourn my youth. I might mourn my bad choices in the past. I might mourn uh, not doing something that would have been better than what I did. And so we mourn lots of things. It's not just mourning death. So Jesus in the Beatitudes is saying we should have extreme happiness, have heavenly joy when we mourn. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense when you're thinking only of worldly conditions. Sometimes we, are mourn, we mourn because we're deep in sin. We're mourning that we are not close to God we feel weak we're broken we're unclean and we don't feel like we're deserving of grace we don't deserve grace but God gives us grace anyway uh Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus binds our wounds with mercy and love uh Jesus frees us from death and the power of sin it's it's a battle but he we are free from the power of sin we mourn because we are separated from God. Uh, but in, in uh, Psalm 30, it says that our mourning will be turned into dancing. So that's pretty good. I like that. Uh, when my mom passed away, we were not very happy, happy. But she was a Christian, and she had suffered some. And so uh, we were glad that her suffering was over. And uh, my sister had a a little reunion at at her house. And she's got a pretty big house. And cousins that I hadn't seen in 40 years were there. And that morning turned into a party. (laughs) Had cousins from California coming in, carrying cases and cases of beer. And I'm thinking, well, this is different uh and after a while we're all sitting there laughing and eating and talking and uh talking about the family and everything and then i'm looking around and i'm thinking where's mom she should be in the middle of this conversation cuz she could uh really uh tell us some good stories and then i just remembered oh we're here because she passed away but it was a it was a good good time it was a good time not because she died but because we were there uh Jesus had turned that mourning into dancing. Uh, in, in Psalms 34, 18, he says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Man, we're brokenhearted all the time, and, but God is there with us. We are blessed. We are blessed because this is not our home. Uh, we often mourn death, you know. Uh, it, that's the easiest one to think of, but like I said, Uh, We mourn lots of things that we did or didn't do in the past. And Jesus knew about heartbreak. You know, the the Bible tells us that when he saw Jerusalem, that he just, he wept over Jerusalem. Why? Because that city was full of people whose hearts were wrong. Uh, Jesus was rejected by his family, his own family, thought he was nuts. Uh, Jesus was lied about, uh, and eventually he was uh, falsely accused, convicted unlawfully and murdered. but Jesus was fulfilling the Father's uh, will. In John 3:16, he said, he came, the, the, the Father sent the Son for us that we would be forgiven, right? So, Jesus is telling us in the Beatitudes, we should have extreme happiness, not because we're sinning, but because we've recognized the sin, and now there's a way out of this. Uh, In 1 Corinthians 15, I had a cousin who uh, passed away early, young. And uh, I just, you know, it was very sad because she's like my little sister. We lived with him. They asked me to speak, and it was just, hey, can you say something? And what was terrible was she had a a person that spoke, and this this guy didn't know anything about her. He was asking, during his his, uh, words, he was asking us what her name was. He was asking us what she had, been sick with, and did she suffer a lot? This is the guy they brought in to to speak, right? And so I was sort of angry, but at the same time, I was mourning my cousin. And God gave me 1 Corinthians 15. It says, our earthly body, is going to be turned into a heavenly body. Our perishable body will be imperishable. It's sown in dishonor, but it's going to be raised in glory. And uh, it's, it's sown in weakness, but it will be raised in power. It's natural. It's a natural body. It, it's doing its thing. It's going through its cycles of life. But it's going to be raised a spiritual body, and when I think of being raised in a spiritual body, I always think of Jesus after the resurrection. Right? He's walking on the road to Emmaus with those guys. He's talking to them. They don't recognize him. I don't know why. They don't recognize him, and uh, they finally sit down to eat, and uh, they don't want. They're, they're, they feel so good that they don't want him to leave them. He said, come on, sit down, eat with us. And so as they break bread and he starts to pray, they recognize him and he's gone. And then another time, the apostles are all in that room locked up because they're scared to death and he walks through the walls. You know, and that's the kind of body I want. I can beat Dale in basketball then. (laughs) He's, He's such a cheater. He's born so big, you know. But when I'm raised in that spiritual body, then I can see Jesus. Uh, then the mourning will be no more, you know. It's going to be gone. Uh, only by mourning our sin and recognizing it can we be brought to the cross and be saved by Jesus. Uh, we remember the prodigal. The prodigal returns to the father when? When he recognizes his terrible mistake, and he he realizes, hey, I'd be better off being a a slave for my father than out here. Addicts and destructive lifestyles, they don't turn to Jesus until they're at the very bottom. Uh, we we, We have to hate sin and its effect on our lives, because if we don't, then we're still going to be stuck in that, in that uh, merry-go-round of sin and, and guilt and sin and guilt. And it, it's just never going to end. It, it's a terrible thing to have wasted our potential on sin. And, and I, I get so upset when I think about people like Elvis. I was never really an Elvis fan. And then I watched the movie a couple of years ago, about two years ago. And if, if, if half of it is true at how hard he worked and how loyal he was to the people around him, uh, he was such a talented guy, and it angers me that somebody like him just threw it all away. Threw it all away. Uh, and, and there's just so many other people like that. The athletes, uh, some politicians, uh, just famous people, actors, musicians. They've th- wasted the God-given talent uh, because they really didn't seek God. They thought they had it all. They, they're Walmart people, right? I got a problem, I'm going to go to Walmart. I'm fix it. Uh, we have to focus on the good we can do today. And that mourning will will cease once we turn to God, and uh, that mourning ceases only when we start to do God's will. And as I was doing this study, Zacchaeus came to mind, and he's in Luke 19. Well, Zacchaeus was that little tiny tax collector, and uh, my wife I always used to sing, "Zacchaeus is a wee little man, a wee little man was he," and. and I'm like, what is she talking about? So I finally found Zacchaeus in the Bible. And uh, the first thing is, Zacchaeus knew he was lost. That was step one. That's good, right? And he knew where he could find salvation. So he went to Jesus, and Jesus sees him. He says, come here. You know, today your house, you know, is going to, is found God. I don't know the words exactly. But Zacchaeus immediately repents and starts to do good. If you don't remember what he did, he said, if I have cheated, or uh, I will give half my wealth to the poor. Half of everything he had, immediately he gave to the poor. Then he said, if I cheated someone, I will give them four times what I stole from them, or I cheated them of. And... uh He started doing good immediately, and if we go to uh Romans twelve one of my favorite verses uh romans twelve twenty one it says "Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good and uh so that's that's where God wants us. We are in his grace and mercy when we are doing good, especially doing good for uh for for the needy and the poor and Dale stresses that all the time and and, and I think it's really good and I've, there's, there's several places and I wrote them down here I haven't got to it yet where it, it tells us God's telling us to take care of the needy, the poor, the widows, the orphans in Joel 2 he says return with all your heart return to God with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning, that's how we return to God when we're, we've been in sin. And he says, rend your heart and not your garments. If you remember in, in those days when something terrible happened, the first thing they did was rip their clothes. And he's like, I don't want you to rip your clothes. I want you to really rip your heart and make sure that your heart is right. Then it says, return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Man, that really spoke to me, you know? He relents from sending calamity because he's slow to anger and abounding in love. That really spoke to me. Uh, When we repent, it equals forgiveness. When we're forgiven, we're full of joy. Uh, I've seen a lot of people... Turn their life to God. And it never fails that they're weeping. But they're not weeping, you know, because they're sad. They're weeping because they're full of joy, then, right? And I keep saying this this is not our home. We're just passing through. Uh, In uh, 1 Peter 2 9, he says, We're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. If we're priests, we got to get out there, a holy nation. God's possession and proclaimers of the gospel were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I remember a couple of weeks ago, Andrew spoke, and he talked about uh, darkness means chaos, but light meant order. And if you think about it, that's very true, right? At night, if you start walking in your house, there's going to be toes smashed, knees bumped, But when you turn on that light, you're not running into anything. So the poor in spirit and the mourning lead to godly repentance and salvation. And I'm going to have to leave it there. Uh, We'll have to finish at at another time. But uh, I want to go ahead and pray and uh, get ready for our activities in the back. Lord, I thank you for this word you have given us. I pray, Father, that it uh, touches hearts and that people will uh, really turn to you and mourn their sin and reject the the, the wickedness that's in the world, Lord. And let's let start with me, Father, because uh, like Paul said, I am the chief of sinners. Lord, I just pray for your mercy for this church, for your grace Lord, for you to give us a vision because we know that there's people out there that are lost. And Father, we just pray for your uh, mercy on our sick. And Lord, be with us as we go this week and let us be salt and light for you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you, Brother Charlie, and we're going to work some more on that. We might skip a few weeks. We'll be back to that. We want to go through and spend a lot of time really working through the, the Beatitudes there and really focusing on those verses. I want to talk about, it's important what he talked about, and recognizing where we're poor in spirit, what we're missing, what we're mourning. Um, I'm really working, something's working me over and has been working me over for, a, for say, a week now. And it really has to do with our our, um, recognition of who the Father is and his love for us and his care for us and his patiently waiting for us and all those things. He does allow us to go through negative things. But we have a man in our church that would ask to be baptized. And I told him we better do it today because it's supposed to cool off real bad. And it would be better to baptize today than next week after it's turned 25 at night. You know, that that lake temperature drops real fast. So we're going to baptize Mike there uh, this week. Mike Cox, and um, but I wanted to read you just a couple things out of Acts, because I always want us to have the right idea before we go, and we'll focus on one or two little things there once we get ready to baptize him, but the first place is in Acts chapter 2, of course we have John baptizing for repentance, but if you go to Acts 2, uh, they're at verse about 36 or so, Acts 2, 36, <clears throat> I wrote down all the baptism verses. We're not going to read them all, but when I, I kept going to Peru and these people were kept asking these questions, why would I get baptized? Because they had this thing about getting saved, and then it would be years and years and years before they get baptized because they had all these rules. There's no rules. They would have to. You'd have to be saved. If you were a woman, you couldn't be divorced. Uh, you couldn't. Um, Acts two and thirty six is where we're going. You couldn't be divorced. Um, uh, you had to be married. Um, you had to be over a certain age. You had to do a particular number of classes or different things before they let you get back. This was in the Assemblies of God flavor there, which is the more uh, evangelical um, church there in South America that I've worked with. Much more than the Baptist very closed off. And you had a lot of rules to get in there. But the Assemblies of God was about reaching people with the gospel. And so I, we end up going and doing work with them more often than not. But uh, I started talking to Pastor Elias, and I'm like, Elias, that's not what the book says. There's not a bunch of rules. There was an old lady in their church. She was in her 80s, and she wasn't allowed to take communion because her husband had passed away. I was like, where do you find that in the book, boss? That's not in the book. I mean, Thomas took communion with Christ, and he still doubted. What are you talking about? Give her the bread and give her the wine. What are you doing? You're neglecting a person in the fellowship? What are you doing not letting this person get baptized? They want to follow Christ. One of the big sorrows that I ever saw was there as well was seeing a person receive Christ and not having a pastor to hand them to, to take them, to baptize them, to care for them. And then you come back years later and you can't find them or six months later you can't find them or they're in with the Mormons or the or the Jehovah's Witness. Somebody will grab them, you know. It's terrible. So Peter... He does it right. There's some pools right here. They've got, uh, you, you can see them there. There's like a stair step of pools coming down from where P- Peter was preaching here. Because it says about 3,000 were baptized that day. Can you imagine? There's some tired guys. I hope they were all really skinny, like 85-pounders they were baptizing. Because 3,000 people, One, two, three, they're all coming down, bap- wanting to be baptized. Peter's talking to them. He's given them the message. They've they've seen what happened with Christ. They saw it. And Peter says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, this Messiah, Yeshua, whom you crucified, whom you killed, both Lord and Christ. And when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Desperate. Peter said to them, Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off. As many as the Lord our God will call to himself. Wow. Right then. There was no class. There was no two weeks, wait two months, get married, get divorced, don't get married, uh, turn 18. There's nothing. If you're saved in obedience to Christ, then we get baptized. Even Christ himself was baptized. He allowed the judgment of all the way back from Adam to flow over him in that picture in the Jordan of John. Where the Israelites had crossed the Jordan and the water didn't flow over them, water being judgment. With Jesus, he said, let it flow, man. All the way back from Adam, it says, the waters were stored up against the Israelites. But when Jesus stepped into the Jordan, all the sin from all time, all the wrath of God figuratively rolled over Jesus, and he proved that he could take it where man could not. And he says, in this picture, be baptized. So the question is, if you've been repentant, if you have accepted Christ and decided that I'm going to follow him, Well, then you should get baptized. Let's look at this one, the Ethiopian eunuch, one of my favorites, Acts chapter uh, 8. Philip was uh, later, what's the word, martyred. He was on fire. Acts 8, verse 26. Angel of the Lord. There's a lot of stuff going on in Acts. I pray it happens to you this excitingly. The angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Hmm, interesting. Right when stuff's going on today, right? This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of uh, Ethiopian, who had charge of all her treasury. This was a wealthy guy. This was the, the main guy. Though a eunuch, a, dis, a dismembered man, he was still very influential, had a lot of speaking. And you know, this is a crazy thing, but in the 60s, early 70s, a lot of Ethiopians started showing up with these Jewish traits. And the Jews sent a bunch of airplanes to Ethiopia to bring them back to Israel. I wonder where they got the gospel. It may have been founded with this Ethiopian eunuch. We'll see how that goes. So he sends her He sent. He was returning. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. He wants to know the one true God. He was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he's reading Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip, okay, again, here's an extremely wealthy, powerful person attached to the king, the queen. And then here's you, a Joe Blow, average nobody. And you walk up to this extremely wealthy, powerful, influential person in his whatever, Bentley Cadillac chariot, right? And you're on foot. And you say, you know what you're reading there, big man? And he goes, how can I unless somebody tells me? The humility of the man, the poor in spirit, he recognizes there's a Messiah, but he can't put his finger on it. Where's he at? He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. This is the scripture he was reading. As a lamb before it shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch asked Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? If you saw a person struggling with the gospel, would you be Philip enough to go to him and tell him what it is and give him the highlights? You could do it. Philip's no better than you. He's no higher than you, an uneducated man. You could do it you know the word, tell him. So the eunuch answered and said, answered to Philip, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this of himself or some other man? Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this this scripture in Isaiah, preached Jesus to him. As they went down the road, they came to some water. Can you imagine what the water was like in the middle of the desert, every animal and whatever going through that? And the eunuch said, see, here's some water. What hinders me from being baptized? Oh, man, he's about to turn the corner. Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And the eunuch answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. So there's other people here. The eunuch in humility before peons. You know what a peon is? He's a a low rent, a nothing. He says, hold up the chariot. I'm getting in that water. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized them. Now when he came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more. And the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities until he came to Caesarea. Joy follows obedience right there. The Ethiopian eunuch is turned on. The Spirit is turned on in him, and he's ready to go to work. The baptism didn't save the eunuch. The baptism was the obedience to his salvation. Surely this man is the Son of God. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. How would you know that unless the Father revealed it to you? You wouldn't. I got one more for you. Go to uh, Acts chapter 10, a man named Cornelius. So what we're seeing here is Jews giving the gospel to Gentiles, and now... The Jews need it from the Gentiles. We've turned a a corner over the centuries. So Cornelius, again, very wealthy man. Peter, a fisherman, a nobody. He was known. He was a known nobody, but he was still a nobody in relation to Cornelius. Cornelius, very wealthy, has a lot of influence, but he's a man who desires God. Peter begins to speak to him, this Gentile man. He opens his mouth in verse 34, in truth... I perceive that God shows no partiality in every nation. Whoever fears God and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He, God, is Lord of all. That word you know, and he begins to talk to him. And it says, that word you know which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went out about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of these things, which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. Friend, person in here, that you see the lost and dying in this world, you can give this testimony because you know Christ and the power of his resurrection. You know him. You have the ability to preach the gospel to another person. Look how simple it was. He just gave him the gospel that Jesus was the Messiah, that he died and rose again. God the Father, his Father, the creator of all things along with Christ. And he made him a sacrifice for many, for any who would come. And he gave him that. And Cornelius is like, I'll take it. And he commanded us to preach to the people and testify that it is he who is ordained by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision those other Jews that were there, who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter. So he brought some observers because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. And they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should be bap- not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And then they asked him to stay a few days. This is... This is uh, Alabama and Tennessee getting together and having a meal. That's what this is. These are mortal enemies. And these are Jews and Gentiles coming together, and one of them receiving Christ and then saying, man, I need to be saved. That's my favorite Vinny line. Me and Vinny, we were talking. I went to his house, and, and I gave him the gospel three or four different ways, and for some reason it wasn't going through. And then on a Sunday morning, he started talking to me, And in the middle of his story, either about bagels or pizza, which seems to be his two top topics there, he goes, man, I need to be saved. And that's what happened right here. Cornelius woke up, and he's like, man, I got to be saved. And he's like, there's the message. Do you accept that message? Yes, I do. Let's get baptized. So today we're going to baptize Cornelius Cox right there. (laughs) We're going to take him... uh, to Lake Tansy and baptize him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're going to bury him with Christ in death. That's the picture. And we're going to raise him to walk in newness of life. I pray you come today. I wanted to go over those scriptures. There's a lot more on baptism. And we'll talk a little bit down there about it. But mostly it's about being obedient. If you read that, the, the devotional I wrote this morning about the Shema, the very first word Shema is the word hear, but it's much more. It's listen carefully and then do. If the Lord tells us to be baptized, be baptized. For the remission of sins, it says. Do that. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I can do that. And then begin to follow Christ after. So I pray you'll come with us and see that. And then we also want to have a little thing for hope, but we'll do that. We'll eat lunch first, and we'll do a little thing for hope out there. If you want to be baptized, today is the day. I'm telling you, the lake ain't going to get no warmer. We baptized uh, Vinny in February, but it was a sunshiny day. So... We baptized one in January, but it wasn't a hot tub. That was cheating. So, okay, it's right about eighty-three fifty-one to eighty-four oh one. It's right in there. But you'll see it. It's a big low house there on the on the left as you're coming up Cherokee Trail. Okay, I pray you come. If you want to be baptized today, just come on. Be ready. Bring some. Bring some a change of clothes and we can change clothes there at the house um, when we get ready to leave. I'm excited that someone would come and say, I want to be baptized because it shows obedience. The reason the heart of this church is so happy and joyful is there's people that here that want to be obedient. The, the, the ladies the other day, one of the ladies was talking about how nice the other ladies were and how they're wanting to serve others and how one person said, hey, I'd like to have a birthday party for Hope and then like a whole bunch of gals ganged up and, and then just put a little thing together for them. That's nice. It's what people do, serving one another. That's good. I pray that you're as good a servant outside the fellowship as you are in. Father, in the name of Jesus this morning, we want to offer this time of praise to you and thanksgiving for all that you've provided for us. For your sent one, the Holy One of Israel, Jesus the Messiah, Lord, so grateful that you sent him, Lord, for whoever it was that gave us the gospel on that day. I'm so grateful, Lord, that I was wise enough to receive the word and like the eunuch, go away glad. I remember coming home and running around and just being so happy. And I couldn't even tell you why. I'm sure the eunuch was that way. I pray that those that are here today that have... um, A lukewarm relationship with you would be ignited, Lord, that you would ignite the stove burner under them and heat them up and make them boiling so that they're boiling over and pouring off that rivers of living water onto other people so that other people could receive the gospel. Lord, I pray for our country. Our country's in the spot it is, is because people have quit giving others the gospel. People no longer seek God, but they're enemies of God. Lord, I pray for our nation. I pray for the leadership of our nation. I pray for these here. I pray for our county and our county officials, city leaders. Lord, that we'll go and testify to them and we'll tell them, are you doing this because you're doing it in the name of God? Are you doing it for self-aggrandizement? What are you doing it for? Help us, Lord. Help us to see your guidance, your direction in this life. What you want for us to do, Lord, I pray that we would do it. Father, I'm grateful today for Mike that he would be submissive to your will to go and be baptized in, in your name and that he'd be a new man Uh, ready to go and preach the gospel to all nations. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us and for your care for us. Thank you for the hands that prepared the food, Lord. I pray for those that are going to come and eat with us today. We have some some different people eating with us today, Lord. I pray that we'll be kind to them, that we'll be a good witness to them, Lord. We'll be edifying to them, Lord, and that they'll grow spiritually from their moments together with us. Father, we give you all the honor, glory, and praise. We give you this service today. I pray it's a sweet-smelling aroma to you. All in Jesus' name.